This is Conquering Columbus. Hey, everybody. Welcome to another episode of the Conquering Columbus podcast. This is your co-host, Mike, here. And on this episode, Josh and I got the chance to talk with Brian Ross, president and CEO of Experience Columbus. Experience Columbus is a 501c3 nonprofit organization with a focus on getting people to visit and move to our great city. And early on, we talked with Brian about one of Columbus' strongest points, our community. What we do is bring people into the community. The number one thing we find is once we get people in the community, they walk away loving it. We're very fortunate that we have a progressive, welcoming, inclusive community that is diverse. So when you bring many, many types of individuals with different experiences and backgrounds, when they come to Columbus, they feel comfortable. Later, we talk about some of the recent changes in Columbus and how that growth impacts the community with the hopes of making it impactful for everyone and not just some of us. We're all excited about being the uh, Silicon Valley of the Midwest and the growth that's coming with that. I think it's important from a community standpoint, how it's done to where there's prosperity. I think that's the most important thing. There are going to be pain points that come with that, but how do we create more density in different areas to lessen some of that need to get in cars and travel? How do we look at mobility? We know there's going to be an influx. Intel, I think, is the beginning of a lot of different things, and we're going to have to grow as a community, but we have to be strategic, we have to be intentional, and we have to be smart about how equity comes with that as well, so there is a lot of prosperity. We wrap up the show with Brian sharing some of the goals for the future at Experience Columbus. Well, again, we want to be a, a key partner and collaborate with our community. So as we grow, we want to be thoughtful in how we grow. So we want to get out there and expose people to the community because no matter what happens, if you're going to visit a friend, if you're looking at entrepreneurs, if you're looking at moving businesses, whatever you're looking at, everything starts with a visit. We're sort of that first thing that happens when people come into a community. As usual, we hope you enjoyed this episode. Josh and I both had a great time talking with Brian. And if you like this interview and you want to hear more just like it, go ahead and hit that subscribe button. It'll make sure you never miss a single episode of Conquering Columbus. That's it for me. Let's get on with the show. Hey, everybody. Welcome to another episode of the Conquering Columbus podcast. I am your co-host, Mike, and we got Josh in the booth drinking his liquid death. I'm mentioning them again. I feel like they should owe us a sponsorship. Josh, what's going on? I'm not sure. It's not the carbonated version anymore. I figured out that liquid death actually may be liquid death for me because I've been having some terrible acid reflux and I realized that carbonated beverages could be a source of that. Mm -hmm. Ever since I discovered them like a month ago, I went from one a day to probably 20 because everything I do in life, I take too far. And yeah. so I did that. So I stopped now, and this is the normal version, and uh, I'm hoping my acid reflux goes away. If any of our guests have good tips on that, some natural remedies. Prilosec. Yeah, well, that's not a very good natural remedy, and wow. I've been on it for about two months now, so it's, yeah, uh, yeah. I think I got to get off soon. You might also look at, to like, getting, like, a normal human diet that you eat at, like, normal times of the day and eat normal human food. I'm working on it, dude, one step at a time. It sounds so easy out loud. You know what to change, but, man, my <laughs> habits are just so hard to break sometimes. Yeah, habits are tough. Habits are tough. Well, good luck with that. And uh, with that, we'll bring in our guest for today. So today on the show, we're chatting with Brian Ross, president and CEO of Experience Columbus. Experience Columbus is a 501c3 nonprofit organization dedicated to creating and showcasing the best of the Columbus experience to the world. And they accomplished this mission by encouraging tourism as well as driving career opportunities in Columbus to encourage the world to visit our great city. Prior to leading the Experience Columbus team, Brian spent time as a sales leader in the 
the resort and hospitality industry and earned his degree from The Ohio State University. We're excited to have Brian on the show to talk about Experience Columbus and everything his team has going on. Welcome to Conquering Columbus, Brian. Well, thank you very much. I'm glad to be here, Mike. Yeah, thanks so much for joining us and uh, appreciate you taking some time on a Thursday evening to... uh, share your story and talk a little bit about Experience Columbus. One of the first places we like to start is just kind of take a step back and learn a little more about yourself and how you got here. So if you could just share a little background on yourself and your story. Sure. Actually, as I uh, heard the intro and you uh, mentioned graduating from the Ohio State University, uh, when I went to school there, it was not the Ohio State University. It was just OSU. And uh, luckily, uh, they didn't have the same admissions requirements because uh, that would have been a little bit of a challenge. But No, actually, I've been in the industry for over 30 years. I grew up in uh, a little uh, town just south of Medina, uh, up north in Ohio, a town called Seville, uh, about uh, 45 minutes from Cleveland, and uh, basically a one-light town, so very small. And uh, so because of that, I wanted to experience a lot more and was able to get into Ohio State University, or I should say the Ohio State University, and uh, came down here, started out in finance, wanted to uh, work with numbers, and uh, paid my way through college. So I did a lot of bartending, a lot of waiting tables, uh, you know, working doors, all that to get through college. And uh, one of my jobs was with the uh, Hyatt Regency Columbus. And uh, as I started doing that, I was like, you know what? This is pretty cool. I think I could get into the hospitality industry. So I changed my major, went into hospitality and hotel management, graduated, started working as a salesperson with the Hyatt Regency Columbus and uh, spent uh, 17 years with the Hyatt. I uh, sold uh, hotels. There were two hotels back in uh, 85 to 92, 95 in Columbus, the Hyatt on Capitol Square and Hyatt Regency Columbus. We sold both of those hotels. That's back when Hyatt on Capitol Square was the place to be with the mall. So we sold uh, both of those properties and then spent some time in Cincinnati, then was transferred to Chicago and was very fortunate because I was uh, at the Hyatt in Deerfield. So that was right down the street from the Bulls training camp. So that was when the Bulls were hot. You would see Michael Jordan in the uh, hotel quite a bit. But uh, again, spent time with uh, Hyatt, uh, was in Chicago for 10 years. And then this position, and I say this position, uh, I came to experience Columbus as the vice president of sales came available and I was fortunate enough to uh, get that. So when you say you sold the hotel, can you explain that a little more? Because I'm not as familiar with the hospitality space. And were you actually selling the hotel like as a business and selling it to people buying the actual full hotel? Or were you selling spaces in the hotel? Like what did that look like? It's a great question. I can definitely qualify that better. We did sell the hotel amenities. Mm -hmm. So different groups, whether it was a youth uh, soccer group or a corporation or some type of association that wanted to host a meeting, a trade show, some type of a sporting event, we would put together the packages where they could stay overnight. They could use the uh, meeting space, have the food and beverage. That's what we did. It was fun. Very competitive industry. Got to meet a lot of different people, got to be exposed to a lot of different industries and actually became quite educated by doing. So your path is fairly linear and you progress all the way through until you get this opportunity with Experience Columbus. So we could probably just jump straight into before talking about the opportunity and why you decided to take it. What is Experience Columbus and what enticed you about it? Great question, Josh. So Experience Columbus is basically the sales, marketing, and promotion arm of the community. We are part of economic development. 
And we're part of economic development in a lane that is called the travel economy. So when uh, I was uh, made aware of this position, I had been working as a regional director of sales and marketing for Hyatt Hotels on the West Coast and was overseeing 25 different hotels. But it was always about those four walls to go out and become part of a community and have the community's best interest in bringing people into the community and showcasing it really intrigued me. So that's really what made me most excited and wanted to explore the opportunity. So a sales opportunity opens up to somewhat sell the experiences and the benefits of a city. How did you think about going about tackling that? I mean, it's kind of a difficult thing to package that up and position it to people who uh, you're going after. Especially considering like San Diego, pretty easy to sell. But Columbus, Ohio, outside of Ohio, a little tougher sell. Yes, it is a very different sell than uh, San Diego. But what we have been able to do over the years is become more um, raising our profile, I guess I would say, and really uh, raising the image and brand to the point where, as you had mentioned, Columbus, Ohio, a lot of times there's no Ohio needed after the Columbus. People are starting to understand, yes, there are more Columbuses, but every other Columbus you could combine and still wouldn't have half the population as Columbus. What we do is bring people into the community. We have different ways that uh, we go about that. But the number one thing we find is once we get people in the community, they walk away loving it. We're very fortunate that uh, we have a progressive, welcoming, inclusive community that is diverse. And so when you bring many, many types of individuals with different experiences and backgrounds. When they come to Columbus, they feel comfortable. That's one of the things that we find out quite a bit when we have people in, whether it's large conventions or travel writers or whatever it may be. And so when you think about you know, the economic development arm of Columbus, I mean, they have a similar job except the attraction of commerce and business to plant themselves here in Columbus. For you, your customer profile is a little bit more challenging, right? Like how do you reach the right people at the right time with the right desire and connect with them? And I'm assuming you could spin your wheels and spend a lot of dollars trying to get those stars to align. So when you first jumped into the role and you were trying to increase the uh, awareness, how did you go about doing that? Well, first, I want to back up because I did speak about the economic development side of things. So from the travel and tourism industry, people don't understand prior to COVID. So all of us sort of got uh, derailed during COVID. But prior to COVID, we welcomed 43 million visitors to Columbus. They spend $7.8 billion in our community. That's direct visitor spend. So that's not economic impact. That's my pocket to your pocket. And it supports 78,000 jobs. So that's one in every 12 jobs in Franklin County. So you can see the impact it has on our community. And people prior to COVID were like, okay, that sort of makes sense. But when COVID hit and you didn't go to hotels and you didn't go to restaurants and you didn't go to COSI and all these things, a lot of people felt that and understood the importance of that to the economy. When you look at the economic impact, it's pretty amazing and and necessary for Central Ohio. But what we do is we'll go out and there's different segments. When you look at travelers, you have the business traveler, you have people that come in for whether it's social events, whether it's trade shows, leisure travelers, football games, football games is a big part of leisure travel here. And then, you know, you also have sporting events. So we went out and we really took a look at it and were sophisticated in understanding why people were choosing Columbus, but also why people were choosing some of our competitive cities. So a Cleveland, a Cincinnati, a Pittsburgh, an Indianapolis, a Louisville. 
So to gain the understanding of why people are choosing to take their dollars and get in a car and drive to certain areas so that we could come up with different campaigns and understand the infrastructure we needed to have to make us more competitive. So what does that sales playbook or process look like when you're trying to sell a city? Well, it's very customized, to be quite honest, because when you're speaking to the Fraternal Order Police versus 31 Gifts versus the Women's Final Four or some of these very large conventions like a PCMA, which is a large convention we're going to be hosting in January. And these are uh, business strategists that plan the meetings for a major amount or a large amount of medical industries. Okay. So each time you speak to people, you need to understand where they've been and then what they're looking for and how you can differentiate yourself from these other communities. We don't have water. We don't have mountains. What we do have and what really differentiates us from all of our competitors, quite honestly, is the culture of our community that I shared. Then we just have to understand which one of our districts better supports the stay for them. Is it them spending time in the short North Arts District? Is that them going down on campus, going to Franklinton, experiencing the arena district? German village, Italian village. The great thing about our community that has very diverse offerings that people can come here and have different experiences on a daily basis. But when you're looking at the large groups, it's also also the infrastructure. Number one, how can they get here? We're a very drivable city. We do have good airlift. People get amazed when they get off the plane, getting ready to get into an Uber. I used to say taxi, but an Uber to come down here. They get on their phone, and by the time they're on their phone to look up, they're downtown. That's how quick it is to get downtown. That doesn't happen in a lot of communities. And then the compact hotel package we have and the large amount and the uh, layout of our convention center. So those are things that we really help differentiate ourselves from uh, a lot of the other cities. It's definitely complex. So it's not so much approaching the right person at the right time. It's creating assets that will attract them to choose Columbus when that right time does arise. And so a lot of your conversations are around, I'm assuming, things like the Arnold Sports Festival and bringing those attractions to Columbus that'll then generate Mm -hmm. the... Tourism. Man, Tourism. Man, yeah. Mike is just, see, I keep him here just to give me a few words. I'm the <laughs> yeah, thoughts yeah. and brains behind it, but he gives me words. I was actually pretty impressed that you didn't bring up three Ps when you were talking about, you said the right player, person, the right place at the right time. I'm going, oh God, here come the three Ps again. I don't even yeah. know what the three Ps are. What are uh, the three Ps? Product positioning and what's the other one? Yeah. Well, you're ruining what I'm saying now. Right, so well, <laughs> anyway, pricing. So, <laughs> pricing, that's yeah. it. Yeah. When you were still digging your MBA, you brought those up a lot. Those are the, those are the best Ps. I think there's actually four of them all together. I know there's you're probably talking about four, now, yeah. But. Yeah. but no, you're right. There is the facilities, the infrastructure plays a big part, but we do also have a very sophisticated and strategic integrated marketing component to what we do too. So from a digital side, a media side, uh, very complimentary of trying to, once people understand or have an idea about Columbus, we give them ways to engage with the community and the organization. And I'm very proud of our team that what they've put together from a website standpoint, and then again, just the integrated and different platforms that we use to showcase and tell about things that are happening in our community. We just started our uh, Live Forward podcast as well. So, you know, we're trying to go through some of these things and all of this has been very successful and just getting people aware, particularly when people weren't out one-on-one meeting in person 
we had to find ways to tell people about how great our community is. What is the Live Forward podcast about? So what the Live Forward podcast is about is we bring uh, individuals that are in that travel uh, industry. And so we may have Dr. Bertley from COSI come in and talk about something that maybe isn't typical that you experience during COSI, but share some of that, I guess, behind the scenes, things that happen. We're going to have one of our uh, large conventions, the executive director for their convention, sit down with the mayor and talk about why they chose Columbus, why Columbus made most sense to them. So we get different people with the industry. We've had people like Jenny, Jenny Britton, but she'll come in and talk about, you know, what her uh, process was and her journey. And so that's what we do to make people aware of how dynamic our community is and the talented individuals that are here that do differentiate us. Yeah, and speaking of things that happen in Columbus that you don't expect and bring COSI up, I want it known that I outbenched Josh three times at the COSI. There's a little bench machine in there you can take, and I outbenched him by like... 100 pounds every time. I don't remember any of that. I don't think it happened. You didn't have you didn't have any liquid death. We were day. well, we yeah, were well, I, we I were in the middle of a wine testing. Death. So, we were doing a wine tasting thing over there and but it happened. So, it happened. I've got I've got the documents. What year did you start with Experience Columbus? I started with Experience Columbus in 2007. So, so 2007 to now, what I'm extremely excited to hear your perspective on is how the sale has evolved from that point to all of the assets and great experiences that we have today. Great question. And it is amazing how the sale has evolved because when I first started here, it was difficult to get people to even take appointment. And we have, so not only do we have a sales force here that call locally and nationally, but we have sales representatives, one based in Chicago and one based in Washington, D.C., because Washington, D.C. is where the majority or large majority of associations are based. So those are the large groups we're trying to get into Columbus. Same with Chicago. The majority of those groups in Chicago tend to lean towards the medical side of things. But it was difficult to even, you know, get in the door. So as the community grew, as we were able to not only add the physical assets and amenities. So, you know, we didn't have Columbus Commons then. We didn't have the Scioto Mile. We didn't have COSI, the National Veterans Memorial Museum. We didn't have the Hilton right now that exists, let alone with the expansion. So we had to do a lot of things and we did a lot of listening. Why people weren't giving us those opportunities or why people were looking at other cities. And our community really collaborated and came together to help make some of these key investments. And I give a lot of credit, particularly with the expansion of the new Hilton to Mayor Ginther, the county commissioners, city council, and a lot of our corporate community partners in supporting that, because that's something that's going to help us bring in these very impactful, large groups in Columbus. Hey, everybody. Mike here. We're going to take a quick break to talk about one of our sponsors, One Columbus. And we are very excited to partner with One Columbus. They really, really share the same vision as us here at the Conquering Columbus podcast, which is really building up the Columbus region to be one of the most prosperous regions in the United States. And One Columbus serves as the business location resource for companies across central Ohio and around the world as those companies grow, innovate, and compete within the global economy. And they help us lead a regional growth strategy that develops and attracts the world's most competitive companies, it grows a highly adaptive workforce and prepares our communities for the future, inspiring innovation across the board. Their mission really is just ensuring the Columbus region is a vibrant place to build businesses and careers. So again, we really appreciate all of their support. 
you want to learn more about them, go check out their website, columbusregion.com. That's columbusregion.com. Thanks so much for tuning in. We'll be right back into the episode. Some of the things that have excited me the most about the city from a very kind of selfishly enjoyment standpoint and ignorant of what actually attracts people to the city is like what we've done with the Cruise Stadium or things like Bud Dairy and the investment of not only new uh, amenities and infrastructure in the city, but stuff that really, really excites people. Like walking in that Cruise Stadium is like probably an experience I don't think I've had many other places in the world. And somebody could have just built a new stadium in Columbus and got attraction, but to put that much effort into it and that much brilliance and like the experiences that things like Bud Dairy and everything, it's just been a lot of exciting entrepreneurship that seems like it's spreading across the city and making it a more enjoyable place to live. It is. And it's helping us become more known as a culinary community. And obviously with Bud Dairy and Cameron Mitchell, he's done a lot of great things in our community. And to have that type of facility where you can incubate different types of cultural cuisines, East Market that just opened is Mm -hmm. phenomenal too. You know, and then you can't look past the North Market, which when we have large conventions, you can pretty much count the name tags that are over there. That's right across the street. And we hear a lot of great things about that. But and you're that right. tower they're building, right? Too? Aren't they building a tower now? They are. They're getting the funding and financing mm-hmm. to do that. But that is the goal because that will even enhance, which we like, what we like most about it. It'll enhance the experience with the North Market. And that is something that our community cherishes. And me, as a person that lives downtown, I love going there. So the better they can make it, the more, you know, expansive is awesome. But what you're talking about too is sort of that sticky membrane, which is that culture of what we have going on. I mean, the fashion that we've been able to start moving forward on, you know, with the Columbus Fashion Alliance and what they've started to do. The Idea Factory, I mean, think about that. So those are great things that have really helped elevate the way people think of Columbus, our image, our brand, and perception. What are some of the elements that you think or that you find when you talk to people externally that they're the most shocked about that exists in Columbus? That we're the 15th largest city. That is a big shocker to everyone that we talk to. People were sort of a little bit of an afterthought when you look at Cincinnati and Cleveland because of the fact that we're the youngest of the three cities. We don't have the pro sports that they have. We have great pro sports. Do not get me wrong. A lot of people would say uh, the Ohio State University football team's a pro team, but you know the crew is wonderful. We talked a little bit about Lower.com. That's a world-class facility. So those are a few of the things that I think when you look at other communities, that's what people are surprised that we have that type and how everything's condensed. And when you look at the short north, that's a long area with a lot of great individual, unique retail shops and art where that's not usually that close to the convention center. Also in a neighborhood. So there are different things like that that people are very surprised about. But the biggest thing is they're just surprised at how much people who are in Columbus love living in Columbus. So one of the things I've, I don't want to say worry about, I've just thought about with all the Intel thing coming in and the growth of the city is that the pieces that have been very enticing for me is obviously the cost of living and the convenience of getting around without crazy traffic. And I'd have to assume that with all the growth that's expected for the next few years, those two pieces are going to be a jeopardy. How do you see the city, and maybe you don't even have an opinion on this, I don't know if you've thought about it at all, but adapting and evolving to accommodate with everything that's down the road? 
Well, I think there's a lot of unknown. We're all excited about being the uh, Silicon Valley of the Midwest and the growth that's coming with that. I think it's important how we, from a community standpoint, and not as much maybe experience Columbus in the uh, tourism sector with this, but we are part of the community and we'll support it, but how it's done to where there's prosperity. I think that's the most important thing. And, you know, there are going to be pain points that come with that, but how do we create more density in different areas to lessen some of that need to get in cars and travel? How do we look at mobility? These are all conversations that are being uh, discussed because we know there's going to be an influx. Intel, I think, is the beginning of a lot of different things. And we're going to have to grow as a community. But we have to be strategic. We have to be intentional. And we have to be smart about how equity comes with that as well. So there is a lot of prosperity. Once that, I think, becomes part of the equation and not to take anything away from obviously capitalism, that's what's driving the boat, but you can still have capitalism and have equity and provide prosperity. And that's one of the things that if you listen to One Columbus or uh, you know even the Columbus Partnership and a lot of our corporate leaders and civic and public leaders is we want to be the most prosperous community in the nation. Not the biggest, but you know what? People are going to want to come here. We're making a name for ourselves, and it is. I used to have a friend that when they would come here, it's like, you know what? That I think it was Staples or something that had the little button that said easy. Or like when you come to Columbus, it's just easy. You know, you say 15 minutes, you can get pretty much anywhere. Now that's getting a little bit more unrealistic from that standpoint, but not close to what a lot of our competing cities have. But there's no doubt people will tell you affordable housing and mobility is at the beginning of making that a lot more efficient and livable and harnessing the quality of life. So what are some of the initiatives your team's working on right now, Brian? What are the things you're excited about that you guys are working on? Well, we have a few key initiatives that we're pushing every day. And obviously that's growing business. That's increasing the awareness of the image and brand of the community. You know, we have a lot of initiatives. I say a lot. We've been much more intentional with initiatives regarding DE&I and DE&I in our industry. And we truly believe that'll drive additional business down the road. So we're working on that. But what I can tell you is every day we get up, and by the way, you know, it's an absolute honor to have the positions and responsibilities we have as an organization, because as I shared with you, there are so many talented individuals, so many wonderful organizations that are truly making a difference, not only locally, but globally. So to tell people about that and them go, oh, I never knew that is very exciting. But when we get up and everything we do as we share with our team all the time is it's around three different pillars that all of our initiatives roll up to. And that is human economic prosperity, that's image and brand, and then quality of life. So when we talk about how our path within the travel economy hits the economic development side. Those are sort of the three pillars we have. As we kind of go towards some of our last questions of the show, Brian, it's been great getting to learn a little more about Experience Columbus and understand kind of what you guys do. What are your goals for the future other than growing Columbus and kind of executing all these things? What do you see in the future? Well, again, we want to be a, a key partner and collaborate with our community. So as we grow, we want to be thoughtful in how we grow. So we want to get out there and expose people to the community because no matter what happens, if you're going to visit a friend, if you're looking at entrepreneurs, if you're looking at moving businesses, whatever you're looking at, everything starts with a visit. 
So that's the exciting thing with our industry is that we're sort of that first thing that happens when people come into a community. We're looking forward to, again, increasing the visitor spend, increasing the jobs supported by our industry, and playing a key role in that overall prosperity of the community and you know, making people aware of the city and wanting to live downtown because of all the things. And one of the things we didn't touch base on is probably the thing that I missed the most over the past two years. And I've actually made sure my vacation and time away has not been a part of this season, but festival season. That is something that truly is part of the DNA in Columbus and with the uh, arts festival and the pride parade and Comfest, and you know, you have all these things that are happening. It's exciting. Absolutely. Would you have any advice for those people that are listening out there? And just to give you an idea of who we're talking to, it's probably mostly young professionals, but kind of all up and down the scale, about 80, 90% of them in that young professional category though here in Columbus. Yeah, I would say be an ambassador and learn more about the community. You would be surprised of what this community has to offer. I mean, just from the Metro Parks to the house and garden tours that just happened down in German Village and and as I said, the festivals. But please, experiencecolumbus.com, you can go on there. There are many different itineraries. So whatever your passion is or what you like, I can promise you, you'll find some type of itinerary. There's an events listing. So you know the different concerts that are coming in, those that are free and those that you pay for. We also have a campaign right now, a long live summer. There are some great videos on there on how to navigate the different parts of our community with some local celebrities helping share their personal interests. And they're a little bit out of the ordinary a little bit too. And I'm excited about one of the videos we put together and just released today is a part of our website is how to experience the community from an accessible standpoint. So whether that's, you know, vision, cognitive, physical, whatever it may be, but how to get around our community. And those are the things we're looking forward to because we truly want to be a great experience for every and anyone. Makes a lot of sense, Brian. And that kind of brings us to our last question of the show. It's centered around the theme here on Conquering Columbus, which is live uncomfortably. So without telling you too much about why we chose that for a theme on a show about entrepreneurs, leaders around Columbus, what do you think of when you hear it? How does it apply to your life and career? I think when you are out of your comfort zone, that's where you do your most growth, at least personally. And I share that with my son all the time. And I also believe you have unique experiences that you learn a lot from. So when I look at, we talk a lot of times about being comfortable, being uncomfortable, and it comes back to not getting stuck in habit and making sure that you're always looking at ways to get better, how he's looking at ways to provide different experiences to people. So I look at it as a very positive thing. Like I said, if you're out of your comfort zone, you're usually learning some things that will benefit you down the road from a success standpoint or just from a emotional standpoint. So Brian, thanks so much for joining us. Appreciate you taking the time to tell your story and talk about Experience Columbus. Well, thank you very much. It was a pleasure being here. And Conquerors, thanks so much for tuning in. If you enjoyed this episode, you want to hear more just like it, go ahead and hit that subscribe button on whatever podcast app you are listening on. We will release these episodes every Monday, so keep an eye out for them. We appreciate your support. We'll talk to you next week.